Lately, we've been hearing an awful lot about supply chains, and in our business, the healthcare supply chain. But what is that exactly, and why does it matter to you and your clients? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change you want to see. This episode is brought to you by Shift Shaper Strategies. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. Clarify your message so you win more clients, crush your sales goals, and build your practice. Learn more at shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, here's your host, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Chief Transformation Strategist at Shift Shaper Strategies, David Saltzman. You know, we've had people allude on the program to the healthcare supply chain, but we've never really delved into it and talked about what it is, why it matters to clients, and why it's important for the kind of experience you can bring to employees and the kind of results you can bring to a client. So we asked Phil Hamill and Brock Norris to join us because, well, for two reasons. First, Phil has relatively fresh eyes in the business, which is always, to me, in the days when I've been hiring employees and whatnot, it's always great because those fresh eyes give you a perspective you can't. He really uses the healthcare supply chain to help make a difference. With that, welcome, Phil. Thank you, David. It's good to be on here. I appreciate you inviting me on. Thank you for taking the time. So let's level set for the audience so people can really understand it. What is this healthcare? supply chain that everybody keeps talking about? Great question, David. Really, our whole methodology and our whole philosophy when it comes to managing health plans is really built around the healthcare supply chain. And with the bullseye really being, how can we improve benefits while simultaneously lowering costs? And really, for a long time, and for, you know, again, I've only been in the industry for about 19 months now, but it's kind of looked at as a unicorn when it comes to you know people being able to increase their benefits or offer better benefits while lowering the cost. So that's where it was really all uh, built. And then from there, really we you know we understand and we believe that you know there's really one of, of four areas that healthcare is consumed, and that's physician services, inpatient, outpatient, and prescription drugs. And Unless we understand where services are being consumed within one of those four areas, it's really hard for us to really make an impact. And obviously, you know, we have to have access to data to be able to understand where, you know, where healthcare is being consumed. So, you know, from the data, we then obviously have the tools and the resources. And that's, you know, there's a ton of tools out there, cost containment tools and all of those things that, you know, people have access to. But then it's the strategy and what strategy are we developing and creating for our clients because it's not a one size fits all. And we definitely by no means do we take that approach and we don't focus on a product either. We know that a product is important, but it's a process versus a product. So obviously, you know, once we develop the strategy, then it's just really about executing and it's rinse and repeat. So we are constantly monitoring and evaluating the healthcare supply chain to really figure out, you know, where are our services being consumed? Because as everyone knows, maybe not everyone, but there's some pretty big price differences when it comes to services at, at different facilities. So 
once we understand obviously where services are being consumed, what prescription drugs are being taken, we can then identify, you know, where are their lower cost alternatives? And again, it's something that we believe very strong and it's something that we really kind of have built our philosophy around. And it's something when we engage with a prospective client that that we like to talk about because we feel like it's very important because in every business there's a supply chain and in healthcare there's a supply chain. So that's really where the healthcare supply chain was kind of built within our model. And again, it's something that we believe strongly in and it's something that we love to talk to people about. So is the healthcare supply chain just those four locuses of service? You mean when you say, I want to be crystal clear on this before we we kind of dig in a little bit. Is that what you mean by the healthcare supply chain or is it all of those things that you just enumerated? No. So yeah, so it's those four components that I mentioned, physician services, inpatient services, outpatient services, and prescription drugs. And then the way that we have the actual image and supply chain graphic built is on then on the outer layer of those four components is where the data, the tools, the strategy, and then executing comes in. So that's kind of how it's built. But yes, you're, you're correct on those four areas being those four things that I had mentioned. So when you go and see a client, What's or a prospect? What's that conversation like? Because odds are that nobody's ever talked to them about this mythical thing called a healthcare supply chain. What's that conversation like? That conversation with a C-suite level person, something maybe they're already doing, or do you bring it, you know, on a par with their business and try to give them that analogy? How does that work? Yeah, great question. And again, I would say it's different with every prospective client because knowing that, you know, from what we from what we know about the client going into the conversation, you know, it's it's always a different way that we bring it up. But I would say probably the most common way that we bring it up is just by really talking about their internal supply chain as a company and directly relating it to that. And then also asking them if they've ever heard of a healthcare supply chain, if they have any idea what it is. And then we, you know, once we kind of get some understanding on if they do have any knowledge around it, we then they obviously explain it to them, but we're relating it back to their supply chain internally and how important it is to obviously understand it because they, you know, as a company and as a business owner, you want to understand your supply chain. And so directly relating the healthcare supply chain to their supply chain as a company is really how that conversation starts. So let's say that you're talking to a company that builds homes. How would you get them to understand their supply chain and why it matters versus this, the healthcare supply chain? How would that conversation go? I would say it really, you know, it kind of comes, you know, first off asking them, you know, what, you know, how their supply chain is made up and having a general idea going into the conversation, obviously is important. But once they share with us, you know, obviously they're buying their, you know, where they're buying their materials, you know, all of that. And, you know, how they went about evaluating where to buy their materials from. Once we get a good understanding of that and they can kind of wrap their head around, well, you know, yes, we were, we spent time on figuring out, you know, where the lowest cost supplier was, you know, who it was. And then directly relating that obviously to healthcare is, is really where, because again, obviously there's a difference in price when it comes to really anything that we buy. And a lot of people don't understand that that's the case when it comes to healthcare. So I don't know if I answered that question great. I think because it's clients and prospects don't think about on the healthcare side, to the extent that they think about healthcare at all, except holy cow, this is expensive. It's great to be able to use an analogy to their business to say, well, you know, the same thing exists over here. And the same way that being careful with your selection and what components you play chain in your business, 
can make a big difference in your costs and the quality of what you produce. It's exactly the same over here. For a lot of advisors, that may be the challenging part and to open their eyes and say, you know, this this thing exists analogous to what I do in my business. And I know why it matters in my business. It does matter on the on the healthcare side. Have to have from a carrier. Are you using this concept only in the fully insured, in the only in the self-insured marketplace or also in the fully insured or in an ASO environment? Because I, I suspect that a lot of what you do in your analytics is based on data you receive on the population. I would say that we use it across all financing mechanisms when it comes to the different, you know, different ways to finance your health insurance. But I will say, obviously, you know, when we have the data and knowing that unless a group's over a certain size, you know, typically the when a group is self-funded, they're getting more access to data. And the analysis that we're able to do is obviously those are much more in-depth. But I will say in the fully insured market and groups that are fully insured, typically that conversation goes over a lot better with those groups, really because, you know, we explain to them that, you know, when an employee needs care, they're obviously they're going in network. For the longest time, you know, people are just told, we'll go in network. Well, there can be a lot of different facilities and providers that are in network, but you're essentially giving your employee a company credit card and you're saying, well, just go in network. And it doesn't matter what the difference in price is. Just at the end of the day, you want to go in network. So I will say that, you know, there are, you know, when we do engage with a fully insured prospect or business owner, that conversation really starts to open up their eyes to, okay, that makes sense. You know, they are just, it's an unlimited company credit card. Obviously, they still have their deductible, they're out of max out of pocket. But from a company standpoint, there's really no incentive for the employee to to find, you know, and to do the research on where is the lowest cost facility, but also obviously taking in the quality of that facility as well. But yeah, I would say it goes across all financing mechanisms when it comes to health insurance. But a lot of the times when we, the full, those fully insured prospects, it really starts to open up their eyes of, okay, yeah, you're right. It essentially is a, a company credit card and we're just telling them to go and network. And now, a word from our sponsor. It's a fact. Salespeople and organizations lose opportunities because they don't clearly communicate their value. In today's market, your story is your message. It should be crystal clear, perfectly arranged, and precisely targeted to attract the clients you want. As a certified story brand guide, we use the exclusive SB7 process to create that story and the websites and collateral that deliver it. If your message isn't cutting through the noise, we can help. Visit us at shiftshaperstrategies.com to learn how we can help you find, clarify, and deliver a message that wins clients, crushes sales goals, and builds your practice. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. So learn more and schedule that call today at shiftshaperstrategies.com. That's shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now back to our discussion. So how do you educate employees, especially on the, I mean, it's, it's got to be easier with having, you know, a ton of data, but in those fully insured situations, how do you educate employees? Do you give them a set of tools that they can use to find, again, we, you know, we deal with in health care. How do you help employees understand this? Great question. And, and I will say that the most effective education, employee education that we have found is in one-on-one meetings. Now, we understand that in the times that we're in, obviously, 
when you know everything kind of shut down that changed the way that open enrollments were conducted and that was a great time to sit down with employees now we obviously understand that you know with those larger groups it's nearly impossible to sit down with every single employee one on one so we did a lot of virtual calls with employees and really just as a time to not only explain to them the resources that are available for them but most importantly educating them on what their benefits actually entail and how to best utilize their benefits because what i've seen and i've only again i don't have a lot of a ton of experience but and i see it with even peers of mine friends family is a lot of the times people just don't understand what their benefits actually entail they look at the price you know during open enrollment and they go with the you know the cheapest option or if they know that they have a major procedure coming up they might go with the lowest deductible option so it really comes down to educating the employees obviously during open enrollment if we can get with to them one on one but throughout the year what we've found to be kind of most beneficial and most successful is just consistent education if that's an email if that's a newsletter we've even sent text messages where you know it comes from the company but it's just a reminder hey if they haven't signed up for example virtual telemedicine virtual mm-hmm. care yeah virt telehealth they um just a, an email or a, a text message that sends them hey register for virtual telehealth and there's a little link there that they can click on because we found is once they register they're obviously much more likely to use it so just reminders consistent reminders and then the other thing too i mean we've we've had some construction companies that we've worked with where we posted things in the porta potties or porta johns whatever you want to call them just unique things to really just get in front of them whatever way we can get it in front of them and know that they're going to see it consistently that's really where we found the most success and then also another great way to do it is by uh, incentives some type of incentive you know typically and pay influences individuals or an incentive will influence someone so incentivizing them in unique ways to utilize the resources cuz as you know and there's a lot of resources out there when it comes to cost containment tools so whatever cost containment resource and tool that the group is using just consistently getting in front of them as much as we possibly can. Now, so once you once you help your client or your prospect get their head wrapped, does this lead to some unique product designs or is it pretty much, you know, the stuff we've come to expect, you know, partially self-funded or self-funded plug in a bunch of oddball best-in-class vendors, fully insured do the best you can to educate Yeah, great question. And it all ties back to something I mentioned earlier about not being a one size fits all. We truly believe that as a self-funded employer, you ultimately have complete control over your plan. And a lot of that starts within the plan document. And it's something that not a lot of people like to spend a lot of time on or think much about, but the plan document is such an important piece of the puzzle you know when we were working with a self-funded employer because ultimately as i mentioned they have complete control so you know we believe firmly in unbundling services if it's a right fit for for that employer now might not be a right fit for everyone but unbundling services is a huge piece and then another thing that we've done really over the last couple of years is we've created multiple plan options or plan designs for our employees where we've identified throughout the country where the lowest cost facilities are but at the same time the highest quality facilities and we'll structure one plan design where if you utilize these facilities and these providers that we've identified they might essentially get offered free healthcare so 
that is one way that we do it. And then, you know, the second one being if you utilize these facilities, you know, you have a $3,000 deductible. And then if you just go and network, it's a $6,000 deductible. So really just creating an incentivized plan design structure where, you know, if, if an employee gets offered free healthcare, we've seen a lot of times they take it, they're going to go use those facilities. But we kind of, we don't want to just make a, a plan design or plan structure where we're forcing employees to go to these facilities because ultimately it's still their their decision. A lot of the times, you know, they're going to still want to see their doctor. So that's one way that we've done it is just by incentivizing them through the plan designs. And then also, again, the plan document's a huge piece of it. And don't want to dive too far into that because that's something that might bore people and put them to sleep. But that's another huge piece of it as well. Do you have incentives as well for employees? So if they choose this higher cost facility and the plan saves four grand, they get a check. Has that been, has, does that work in your market? It definitely does. And we've done it with some clients. We don't do it with every client because obviously it's ultimately it's up to the employer if they want to engage in something like that. But yes, we certainly have. We have found success in that because uh, as I mentioned earlier, again, pay influences behavior. So we've seen, we've found that to be successful. And another thing that we've done, not to get on another topic, but we've offered cash incentives for if an employee will bring us their bill because, you know, we've 25% of all healthcare is wasted and a lot of those are billionaires. So if they will bring their bill to us and let our team review it. If we find an error, we've offered a cash incentive or we've offered a percentage of essentially the the amount that the error was, a percentage of that and give that back to the employee, which those are all just ways to ultimately we want to help employees and employers become better consumers of healthcare. That is the goal. And that's what we strive to do when we engage and when we work with clients. So we've got a couple of minutes left. I'm curious, just on on a kind of broader canvas, as a relatively new fellow in the industry, what are the things that you found that surprised you the most when you first started digging in and getting a little bit under the covers? Well, I would say the first thing that surprised me was how difficult it is at times to really get the trust of a business owner or a prospective client, whoever it is that, that I'm talking to. And then also, you know, I firmly believe in our philosophy and our process. And I I believe that it's the best out there. I mean, I'm a confident person and I'm confident in what I do. And so one thing that's really amazed me at times is when we have gotten the opportunity to present to a prospective client and, you know, there's significant savings in there. And, you know, it's either there's some type of objection that, you know, essentially refrains them from moving forward with us, even though they understand it's, it's the right move for their organization. And they see the value in it and they know this is the way that they should should go. But there's something that hinders them from moving forward. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking the value that it's providing to the employees, the money that it's saving, you know, this is a no-brainer. But I've found how important relationships are. <laughs> it, this is a relationship business. I'm learning that and I've learned that very quickly. And I've also learned that at times, you know, being a younger risk advisor has presented its challenges, especially when you are talking to those business owners that have been in business a long time. But again, it's, I believe in, I believe in what our message, our philosophy, and, you know, the more that I can get out there and tell it to, to prospective clients and just really share our message, that's really what I'm trying to do. I and mean, I know that over time, as I continue to build these relationships, you know, eventually we'll get an opportunity. But that's probably the biggest thing. And then also just, the, and it goes right along with how long some of the sales cycle is with a lot of these prospects is, you know, it can be a long time. And I come from a, an industry where the sale happened in 45 minutes and you, they were in and out. They either decided to purchase it or not. 
versus now or you know can be a long time before you uh, before you actually get an opportunity or you actually get them to make a change. So those would probably be the two biggest things, which they kind of both go hand in hand. But yeah, that's definitely been a challenge. It's something I've had to teach myself is just to remain patient, continue obviously to stay consistent with my uh, activity and my uh, my daily tasks. And eventually those opportunities will come. It's a great business. For those of us who are on the kind of back end of a career, it's a great opportunity to, to make a very nice living and live the kind of lifestyle you want. But also keep in the forefront of your head how much good you do for folks. If you sell them a product they really don't want to buy at a price they really don't pay until they need it. And then you're their best buddy. So that keep the amount of good that you do in mind. Phil, Amber, thanks so much for spending your time with us today and for sharing your insight. Yes, thank you, David. Thanks again for having me on. I enjoyed it. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shaper Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.